Hello, everyone. I'm glad that you are tuning in this morning, and I pray that you are not just watching us, but worshiping with us. You know, this is a little bit of a negative time here for us in Houston, and the reason for that is we've gone a little bit backwards. We're back to just online again, and uh, the number of cases of COVID have gone up in our county, and so it's a little bit negative. And so for that reason today, I decided to declare it as, as Seersucker Sunday, and so try to make it as happy as possible. Before we had this, this new government order about shutdowns, I had already written this sermon for this week, and it seems that God always puts these things together. But the title today, as you already see, is Go Positively. I don't mean go positively in as be positive with COVID. I mean have a positive attitude. I loved what was on our Facebook page today that Jana Miller put on. A negative mind will never give you a positive life. If all we do is focus on the negative, we're going to have a really bad life. And you may be in that place right now and maybe trying to get out of it and dig yourself out. Don't do it by yourself. Let God help you dig out of that hole. You know, I think obviously we want to take precautions as far as coronavirus goes. We realize it's a real disease. We realize it's bad. Some of you watching right now may even be sick with it. And so I don't mean to, to take anything away from the dangers. And we should social distance and, and do all those things. But, you know, sometimes we only see the negative with this and don't see the positive and good things that are happening. For example, did you know back in mid to late April that the average number of people who were dying per day on that seven-day number, the average number of people who were dying in mid-April from this in the United States was more than 2,200 people a day. Since then, that rate has just kept coming, coming down, even though the number of cases have gone up. And today, the average, seven-day average per day is less than 600 people are dying a day. Now, that's still too many people, but praise God that God has given intellect and experience to medical workers and to others who have made it not as deadly as what it was before. And we praise God for that. We still take precaution, but can we not think positively about good things that are happening? You know, I really think that God intends for his people to be positive people. And so today, in thinking about how to create negativity, now that sounds kind of funny to say, doesn't it? How would you create negativity? Well, it's pretty easy, actually. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9 says, Finally, all of you be like-minded. Be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. You say, now how does that create negativity? This is how you create positivity. But if you take the opposite of each of these, if you instead of being like-minded are a contrarian, there is a good chance that you're going to be negative or people around you are negative. If you are not sympathetic toward the plight of others, you will be a negative person. You will bring negativity into the room when you show up. If you do not love others, I don't mean just hate. I mean, if you don't love others, it is a way to bring negativity. 
If you don't have compassion in your heart, if you don't have humility in, in your character, you will be a person that probably is upset most of the time. You're upset about what other people are doing, what other people are thinking, and you'll be negative, and all those around you will end up being negative as well. If you are repaying evil with evil, you will have a heart that will be hard and a heart that will look totally different from the heart of Jesus. So he says, when people do evil, repay evil with blessing. Because that's what we were called to do. I like what the Bible also says in Proverbs 15 verse 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. You want to make someone angry or make someone mad? You just answer them back harshly and you will get negativity. We all suffer from it sometimes. We, all, we all deal with this sometimes. But what we want to be are positive people. I don't know if you have the same opinion that I do. My guess is probably that you do on this. But it seems that most people are negative. It seems like most of the news I hear is negative. Like when I watch the evening news and they tell you what the stories are going to be, most of them are about bad things, right? About people dying, seems to be a lot of it, or people being robbed or, or, or whatever it may be. And those are important to report. I'm not saying they're not. We need to know some of that. But overall, it doesn't seem like we are living in a positive world. So I must think differently than the majority. When it comes to being positive or negative, I need to think differently than the majority. There will be sometimes I can go along with the majority, but not all the time. Most of the time, probably as a Christian, I'll be thinking differently. And he said, well, why do you say that? Well, it's because of Philippians 4, 8, and 9. And I want, you to, want to know, does this look like the world you live in? Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received from me or seen in me, put it to practice and the God of peace will be with you. Do you hear that? And the God of peace will be with you. Now, it's not that we don't have to deal with negative situations. We have to confront those things sometimes. But the life we should be living is one that's thinking about truth, one that's thinking about what's noble, about what's right, about what's pure and lovely, rather than just focusing on the negative. If we focus on the negative, we will never have peace. We will never be able to enjoy the blessings that God intended. We will always be difficult for those that we're around because we will not have the God of peace in our hearts. Focus on those things that are excellent and praiseworthy rather than focusing on the negative. Focus on good things. So here is the first step to positivity. This is the only step I'm going to give you today because it's enough. The first step to positivity comes just before those verses in Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, as if we all deal with that, right? Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, 
Hear this, by every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, something that's positive, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, that's the phrase. It's put in a different way than some of your versions. That's the phrase, the peace that passes understanding. So when I come to God with my, with my needs, sometimes maybe I only have time for a one-sentence sentence prayer, but most of the time when I come to God with my needs, he says, come to them also with thanksgiving. Not just telling me what you need, but remembering how God has acted in the past, how God has provided everything that we need. Even the opportunity to pray to God is part of that thanksgiving. Whatever it is, we pray and we thank God even when we're asking for things. This is the first step to positivity. Prayer, petition with thanksgiving. And all at once we will find, when that becomes our practice, that we have a peace that goes beyond understanding. A peace that other people are not going to understand because you're in the midst of the fire just like they are, but somehow you are going to be at peace. <clears throat> Let me say, and I hope you know this, that if I don't give my problems to God, I will collapse under their weight. If I don't let God handle my problems, I will not be able to stand up. So difficult sometimes, isn't it? We don't want to give them to God. We try to hold it all ourselves. We can't do that. That's silly even to think that God didn't create us to handle all of our problems ourselves. Matter of fact, he even said in Galatians that other Christians will help us bear our burdens or should, and that obviously he will. I remember one time when I was in college, we were having a class. It was the afternoon class, and, and we were talking about in ministry how you have to get up and do things even though you have problems in your own life. And one of the students said, I can't do that. He said, I was an intern in a church, and I stood the whole time with this family, and I couldn't do anything but worry about this one family. And he kind of went back and forth with the professor a little bit on that, and, he, and, he, and the professor had said, but you've got to help the others. No, I can't. Finally, the professor said, okay, I will tell you what I'm about to do. He said, my mother lives about six hours away. My car is, is packed with my clothes. And I am driving down for my mother's last probably three days of life. And I'll be there with her. But I needed to help this class first before I could go do that. You see, he said, I've given my problems to God. I'm still addressing the issue with my mother, but I am giving my problems to God so I can keep moving on with what has to happen. We have to give our problems to God because we will not be able to sustain the weight. And let me tell you, that is positive news because if I have help from God, then I'm going to make it. And I'm going to have a peace that passes understanding. You see, the Prince of Peace wants us to be peaceful. You ever thought about that? Jesus known as Prince of Peace? Obviously, he wants us to be peaceful and to be in his kingdom. In John 14, 26 and 27, talking about their spiritual state, but obviously it goes into everything we do. He says, but the advocate 
the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I live, leave with you. My peace I give you. I don't give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. The intention was for the disciples in the first century as well as for us was that we would have peace that comes with positivity, knowing that I am secure in Jesus, that I am okay, that I am safe with God. Jesus said, I want you to have that peace. That's why the Holy Spirit is here, so that you can be in peace. Even when the world collapses around us, I can still have a peace that other people won't understand, a peace that comes from the Prince of Peace. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Some of you know this verse. Paul said, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called not to negativity, you were not called to fighting, you were not called to arguing, you as the body of Christ were called to peace. And then he throws in that thing again about prayer and petition and be thankful. Be thank First of all, I'm thankful I was called to peace. But I'm also thankful that I have a God that loves me, that I can take my problems to, that I can be positive even in the most negative situation. You probably remember those old bumper stickers, the old ones that said, no Jesus, no peace. You don't have Jesus, you don't know peace. But no Jesus, K-N-O-W, no Jesus, and no peace. That's because when we know Jesus, the Prince of Peace, and we follow Jesus, and we're in Christ, we've been baptized, not only receiving the gift of, uh, or not only receiving forgiveness of sins, but the gift of the Holy Spirit, the one who came to bring peace that he just talked about in John, then I can have a peace that passes understanding. So even in the midst of coronavirus, even in the midst of of protests for justice, even in the midst of my own family problems or economic problems or whatever it is, I can have peace. Therefore, I can be positive. Now, you know this part too. Negativity leads to fear and anger and suspicion and just flat-out crankiness, right? When you start thinking negative thoughts, you just get cranky, don't you? Back a few, probably a couple months ago, probably now, we called a neighbor down the street who, who works for a fence company and said, we have this little fence wondering if you could build it. He had built our back fence. And this is, a, this is a Houston fence, I would call it, in the, the one we wanted, in that, that our garage is detached from the house, like a lot of houses in this part of the country are, and we have a little breezeway between the two. I don't know if it's 10 or 15 feet between the two. Our fence was falling over in that little area. So ask him if he'd come down and look. And he did, and he saw how small it was. He said, this is really smaller than what we do. But I have a crew on our street today, and that crew can come down and build this fence for you. And the price was incredible. He was only going to charge us $100 over what, it, what the materials cost. Now understand... That's wonderful for me because 
because I couldn't cut straight if I had to. So this was going to be fantastic. He calls back later in the day. I'm sorry, the head builder down the street got sick and the crew had to stop and so we can't do your fence today. Next week. He called next week or he texted and he said, I'm sorry, it's just not going to work. The guy had to go to the hospital. It's not going to work. And so it's going to be a few weeks. Well, I thought he's probably telling me I'm not going to do it. He even said, hey, I'll come down and help you do the fence. I didn't think he meant that. So I said, hey, don't worry about it. We're fine. If, uh, in, if I don't hear from you in two weeks, we'll just make another plan. So sure enough, Time passed, didn't hear a word from him, and I'm staying to Barbara. I know he didn't want to do it. Let's just do it ourselves. So she says, okay, we figure out what we need. I go down to Home Depot, take the, or pick up to Home Depot, go in. It is a madhouse in the middle of pandemic. You know what it's like if you've been there. And I go in, I have my mask on, and I'm looking for a cart, and I get a cart, and, I, and the, the two-by-fours are are extremely wet and there are hardly any that are good they've been picked over and i'm picking going through them and while i'm going through them all at once my cart goes flying away i go for the cart i said hey wait a minute and this man said you stole my cart i said i, I, I didn't he goes you stole my cart so i stopped him say i'm sorry i didn't mean to steal your cart i didn't but he thought i did and so i let him have it so I have to go find another cart and then go back and go through all those two befores again, then go back to the fence boards. My glasses are fogged up. I mean, it is like I am living in Sahara dust. It's all, it, I can't see a thing. But I find the fence boards, over half of them literally were broken. I'm going through them. Somebody else comes up and needs, and needs some fence boards. I go through them all and, and help them with, with getting their boards and then I get my boards. And early on in this whole trip, Philip Bailey had called me while I was still in the pickup. And Philip has called many of you. We love to talk to Philip. And we talked for several minutes, probably about 20 minutes before I got out and went in the store. Now I'm tired from all this that's gone on from the two befores and trying to get my cart and trying to help somebody else and finally getting my boards. I get out. I pay for all of this. I get out to the truck. I have just completed loading the truck. And I'm handing back the cart, my cart, hand back the cart, and the phone rings. And I say, hello, and Barbara says, hey, our neighbor's here with the crew ready to build the fence. I said, I just paid for all the fence supplies. No, he's got his own. He's right here. I said, I just loaded the truck. She said, I know, but he's right here right now. I said, okay, I will... Re, I will take everything out of the truck, put back on a cart, take it in, and get my money back. And I did. But let me tell you, I was cranky. I was cranky as I thought about it. I thought, you know, I've gone through all these two-by-fours. I've gone through all these fence boards. I went through this man accusing me of stealing his cart. All this that's gone on. And then as I got in the truck, when that was all done again, and got my money back. And I thought... You know how incredibly blessed I am? That before I got out of the truck, if Philip had not called me, I would have already been home. And then I would have had to gather everything back up and then take back. And by the way I cut, we would have used more fence boards than I bought. And I started thinking, wow, I didn't have to do that. 
I got some exercise. So it wasn't the way I intended, but I got exercise. And I got to help two guys that needed help loading their truck. And I got out. And I enjoy getting out. I said, you know what, Lord? Thank you. Thank you. What could have been really negative, and many times in my life it has been. Don't misunderstand me. I don't always do it the right way at all. But I said, thank you. Rather than seeing it as a negative, see it as a positive. What good can come out of it or what good has come out of the situation? Negativity will lead to fear and anger and suspicion and crankiness. Positivity will lead us into a good place where we can share Jesus with others. I can be positive because God wins. Did you know that? God wins. We know the end of the book. So what are we worried about? The worst thing that could happen to us, oh no, I die and I have to go and be with God forever? God wins. So I can be positive. I win both ways. I can be positive about life. You remember Paul said rejoice and again I say rejoice. I want to be, I want to take off on Paul a little bit here. I can be positive and again I say I can be positive because God is in control of everything. I'm okay. Sometimes we look at this and, you know, there are so many memes that go around about this is the worst year ever. And, you know, it sure feels like it. I mean, you know, there are pestilence in Africa and there's a dust cloud going across the, the country right now. And there's a pandemic and there's, there's, there have been riots and all these things that have happened. And people say it's the end of the world. This is not the worst year ever. It's hard to believe. You can Google this. But what is considered the worst year ever was the year 536 A.D. That was about 1,500 years ago, obviously. 536. And in 536, apparently there was a volcano in Iceland that changed the world, took us into what they called the Little Ice Age. They said that the sun was never brighter than the moon for 18 months. You know what happens when you have no sun? First of all, the people suffered from vitamin D deficiency. The crops didn't grow. It was all over Europe and it was over Asia. They say that as many as 80% of the Chinese died during, during this time. They say maybe even as many as 85% of Scandinavians died during this time. The same thing was happening even in South America that maybe it was another volcano. They don't know for sure. But in South America, the, the, the water got so hot that the fish died and the, and the land flooded and civilizations died, villages died. There, it is estimated that 50 million people died during that time. Two years later came what was known as the Plague of Justinian, came based on what had happened in nature during that time. One out of every four people on the planet died during that plague and through all that came around it. Now that is the worst year ever. So it's certainly what we live in now is not as bad as that. We don't want to ever go back to that. But I can say thank you Lord. Thank you Lord that I'm alive, that we have technology, that I have people around me, 
that you are good and faithful and you tell me about my home beyond this life. Thank you, Lord. So my question today is, will I stand out? Will I be different than all the negativity that's around us? Will I be positive? Will I be positive and be like Jesus and be different? It's my choice. Now, if you need to be baptized or you have questions and our screen tells you there are elders at mcoc.org, that you can have help. We'll be praying for you. Let us know if it's public or private. And let us pray. Lord, thank you that you love us. Thank you, Father, that you help us. Thank you, Father, that, that you answer us. Father, we thank you because you are right, you are good, you are trustworthy. You, Father, are the King of kings. Father, you have given us the Prince of Peace. Thank you, Father. We need you. In Jesus' name, amen.